guys, welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. If you are currently listening on Spotify, then you can go ahead and like and download and follow us on there. And if you're listening on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I almost forgot what it was called. (laughs) You can like and follow and download and you can leave a five-star review rating and comment. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, then you can also like and follow and comment. Make sure to keep up with us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Songwriting Saves the World. You can follow us on Facebook and like our page at Songwriting Saves the World. And you can follow us on Twitter as well. Our handle is at Song Saves World. Thumbs up to that. And <laughs> if you really, really like our show and you want to really support us, really you can like become it. a patron on our Patreon Ooh. at Songwriting Saves the World on there. For $4 a month, you get extra content from the guests like Song Breakdowns. And you can send us your music and we'll talk about it and we'll review it. But only nice things. Only nice, positive, helpful things. And you also get merch. You get a Sorry Saves the World laptop sticker. And soon we will have sweatshirts and stuff available. So just get ready, you know, get ready. Today we have a bit of a, I mean, I think our show is always kind of laid back. Maybe not always. Depends on the guest. <laughs> a little more laid back. This is a true late night convo. It is a late night convo with our dear, dear friend, Rachel Blockner, who's also fabulous, um, fabulous, fabulous indie and indie pop artist. And you can listen to her music at Rachel Blockner on Spotify and Instagram and everything. But yeah, we just had a, as One Direction would say, made in the AM conversation. We did. We sh- I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like 10 o'clock, but that was late, given that it's late a weekday and us. everyone's working and stuff. And everyone's <laughs> like in bed by midnight, so. <laughs> but we hope you really enjoy it and that you enjoy our kind of, I don't know, silliness, silly late night haze. And maybe you'll learn some things too, but this might be more of an entertainment one. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll hop into that now. We have an incredibly special guest today. Our, I, I think I'm in many ways arguably the most special guest ever. I have to agree. I yeah, also have I to think, agree. I think it's, <laughs> she's the most special guest we've had on before and we will have on again. And you know her, you love her, Rachel Bachner. The one and only. The one and only. What's the what? How does that Adele song go? The one, one and only by Adele. I don't. I, I don't remember. I'm forgetting I, every <laughs> single Adele song that I know now. I was about to sing a song that definitely was not Adele. I was, was gonna do Adele. all I yeah, asked. Sure. That's what I was thinking that's too. Not, I was like, that's not it. Hi, gosh, I love that song too. Whatever. We have Rachel Bachner on, who, is a pop star. She's based in New York. She's a legend. Welcome to the show again. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me again. Thanks for coming back again. Come, Come back, back every day. Always. <laughs> so because it's just, you know, an unconventional time of the night, we decided that instead of doing a right tour tank, which is mm-hmm. usually what we do, and that's what you did the first mm-hmm. time you were here, mm-hmm. we weren't going to give you the same right tour no, tank that we that did last time. So we decided this time we are going to do... A folklore versus evermore <laughs> discussion. 
And we want to hear top tracks in comparison to Folklore from Evermore. And what are your feelings on this new surprise album? Because this topic right now is a surprise as well. Yeah. So surprise. <laughs> surprise. We wanted to cover moderate, I mean, like, current music news. You know, the important stuff. Right off the bat, Folklore did woo me a little bit yeah. more immediately than Evermore. So... I don't know if I'm just biased and that I, I, I didn't have enough time to fully process folklore before this second album came out, but I'm still kind of, I don't know. I definitely. Evermore was a letdown. I'm just going to say it. That's my opinion. I think, you know, folklore was just so, it was just so mm. needed at the time too. And I just like really, really loved so many songs off of the album that evermore was like almost not necessary for yeah me. <laughs> i i want to retract my previous statement yeah. i just made when i said evermore was a letdown because <laughs> i think that that was an emotional reaction and i want to think with my head and not with my chest fair i mean i'm not gonna for a second deny that it's a work of art like it of course is and i am honestly impressed like to the fullest extent that she was able to churn out this many songs in this amount of time um but i just think that folklore yeah i just like it more as a whole i think it's interesting to think about how like it was such a quick you know like turnaround from folklore to evermore because a lot of artists including taylor swift have taken like Mm -hmm. two years in between albums And I think that a lot of that process is like, yeah, so you're writing all of these songs, but you're weeding out the ones that you think are like in two years time that you're like, these are the ones that stand out the most. These are the ones that I'm going to put out. And you don't have that when you do an album in like six months. Yeah. It's like cool that she that she made all this music in such a short amount of time. But people I feel like people often say that, like your first album, if if you're not having, like, a machine of people write for you, if you're, like, actually writing for yourself, then, like, people are, like, your first album is, like, your best. I've heard, I don't know if that's always true, but the argument for that is that you've had your whole life to pick these songs, to, like, pick the songs that were the best, that represented you the most. And, like, her releasing all this stuff so quickly is really cool, but it also feels like, like, sometimes like the goal could be an album with no skips like an album that doesn't repeat any sentiments it like picks this is a song that says this the best whereas she just it feels like she kind of had this zone this like little world that she created and like everything got put out from that which is which i think it's cool it's just different from like what anyone has ever you know had from her before like she's never done that before it's always been like everything was super strategically planned yeah everything was like yeah, but this, like, time. still was. Oh, no, it yeah. still <laughs> was, but it's, like, no, it definitely still was, but it was just, like, you had more time to sit with things, and yeah. I think that this time it was, like, Folklore came out, and then it was, like, surprise, Evermore is out, and it's, like, all within the same world, which she's never done before, Yeah, and I, I mean, I love Evermore still, but it's just different. It feels like things from her archive, which, like, maybe necessarily wouldn't have made it onto an album, which is still mm-hmm. super cool to hear, and I think it's still great, but it's, like, not as refined as what an album that would have take, taken two years to make would have sounded like. Definitely. And the the hilarious thing that <laughs> we were talking about earlier, that in her Long Pond Studios thing, she says, it was so crazy that we recorded, like, all of folklore in my bedroom. 
like we recorded it at home like i've never recorded something not in a studio and i was like all right <laughs> relax <laughs> so that, that is the that, that is the most relatable thing that she's ever said i'm like that right. i can relate to but her bedroom is probably like a fully yeah. treated <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> they're like sending all the equipment yeah it's basically is a studio yeah. Whereas yeah, I fucking prop my computer up on ice packs and candles when I do this show. Literally. My computer right Boy. now is propped up on a Hamilton book <laughs> and a medical book that I did not give away when I threw out the major because I had two <laughs> of them. Right, right. So I was like, of course. You just I was you like, kept it for the men. Yeah. You've been on the podcast before, as, as everyone knows. And that was how many months ago? feel like over six months ago episode. it was our second episode i want to say it was like yeah April it was way back mm-hmm. there so yeah we wanted to know what are some things that you have learned between <laughs> last time you're on the podcast and being on the podcast now because because you've done a lot i feel like just from watching you from from witnessing you and being in your presence I know you've learned things because I've learned things via you. I mean, so obviously the EP that I'm putting out was basically that. I mean, in April it was, I guess, starting to be written. Like that was when. Yeah. What was written first? I think the first song that was technically written for it was Strangest Dreams. Wasn't Lucky Charms before that? It was either Lucky Charms or Strangest Dreams. Um,. And then I think it was Pick Me Up. Really? I felt like Pick Me Up and was in the summer. I think it was Ultraviolet. Pick Me Up, no? It was Lucky Charms, Strangest Dreams, um, Pick Me Up in okay. May, and then Ultraviolet, and then 2 a.m. Wow, that was in May. That feels not that long ago. Oh, it feels like ages ago to me. Really? <laughs> that that session? Yeah. I remember being cranky during that session. <laughs> I think towards the end a little bit, yeah. <laughs> that was a session writing Pick Me Up when Rachel told me to go have a snack. Sometimes she does this very motherly thing, kind thing to me, where she notices that I get tired and she pauses things and tells me to go get food. No, it's not even that I just, like, notice you get tired. You just, like, are very obviously cranky. <laughs> I mean, the vibes have to be right. Otherwise, you know, you're not getting the most out of it. Um, <laughs> I forgot. So the question, I mean, so, okay, this EP was written and produced in quarantine since April. I like quotes right. around quarantine. But um, I, you know, definitely started to learn a lot more about doing my own music mm. PR because that wasn't something that I focused a ton on in uh, for, like, my past releases. Um, but since this is the singles that I was releasing off of the EP were obviously a part of a, a bigger pro- um, project, I just wanted to kind of take that a little bit more seriously. And so, yeah, I, I definitely learned, I guess, kind of, like, from the very basic, like, how to yeah, write yeah. a pitch email to, like writers for different blogs or like different platforms you know it's interesting because I started out just like emailing everyone and like sending tons and tons of emails and thinking that that was going to like result in a ton of unlock the door yeah which wasn't really the case because you know these people are getting probably hundreds of emails every single day of artists who 
you know, are kind of in the same. Not as good as you. I mean, or my opinion, but or better, you know. But it doesn't matter because to get, but it doesn't matter because to get someone to click on your email in a sea of unopened emails is like, it's it's you have to make the subject line emergency, (laughs) urgent response needed now. (laughs) Yeah. So then I kind of learned that it's it's usually more productive to just like in general be reaching out to people whether it's through dm or or twitter or whatever not to just like promote your releases but just Mm -hmm. to like like get to know people and so you know not really coming to them being like hey i'm asking for something like i'm sending you my music and i'm asking you to cover it more like hey like i see that you do xyz for xyz blog or you know or Mm -hmm. um like Instagram account and mm-hmm. I just wanted to like introduce myself and and I think that that I mean at least I'm hoping that that will be a little bit more productive than just kind of cold emailing people because at least when you start to build a relationship with with people like they're mm-hmm. maybe they'll follow you back and they'll see what you're doing like maybe you can get them yeah. to care just because of the music yeah. as opposed to just like a little more harassing them right <laughs> on email yeah, I mean, because it's really hard. There are so many people that want the same kind of, like, press um, or just, like, acknowledgement mm-hmm. from anyone. So, yeah, it's a, it's a game that I'm still learning how to play, but I've definitely mm-hmm. learned a lot from, like, now compared to April. April, I was just like, I'll yeah. go on <laughs> SmithHub, and, like, that's fine. Yeah. And it was fine for, like, a, for that at that point. I feel like that's smart because... People, like, say the word connection all the time, but they don't – I feel like I often mm-hmm. forget that that means connection. Like, it's it's better if you make friends than just, like, if you, yeah. if you have, like, a yeah. random connect with someone. And, and also it makes the whole experience of being a musician and trying to do this so much, like, richer and, mm-hmm. and like, more fulfilling if – if a big part of it for you is like genuinely expanding your network and just like meeting yeah. people mm-hmm. and making real connections. Cause I feel like that yeah, it's absolutely. so much fun when that happens. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that when you're in a position like on the receiving end of the person who's getting all those cold email from artists and it's like, everyone's asking the same thing of you, but someone mm-hmm. who's taking the time to like introduce themselves and like build a connection and mm-hmm. build a relationship And then once you become friends with that person or if you have like you've established a good relationship with that person and they're in your corner, it's not so much like I'm asking this of you, but it's like you've Mm -hmm. watched me grow and you've watched me develop and you're actually like interested. And it's a lot easier when it's like that versus being like, hey, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Like, I want this from you. I want this from you. I want this from you. Because it's like that's all they're getting all the time. And and, like they're cool people, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're. People who, whether it's on the side or if it's, like, their full-time thing, they they just love music yeah. and want to write about music mm-hmm. and want to, like, break new artists. So that's also just, like, really cool um, in general. And, you know, those are those are definitely good people to have just, like, in in your, mm-hmm. like, circle of friends or in your network because then you can go to them with, with new music, like, once you have a relationship with them and just to be like, do you yeah. like this? Like, what mm-hmm. do you think of this? And it's kind of a different perspective as opposed to sending it to like other artist friends or you know yeah last week (laughs) I think um on the podcast when we were interviewing Megan I said 
something about being a BBC DJ. And and what I think I really mean by that is that I'm like I think it's because of the podcast, but I do like I do like talking and I would love to be British and be a BBC DJ, but um I also just like I'm mm-hmm. developing a big love for music journalism. Like like telling people stories and yeah. stuff. So I don't know. We'll see people later. Check back in a few years. You should write. You should write for a blog. Here, that'd be kind of fun. Wait, I could totally see that for you. Easy. We have Sasha in our corner now as a music journalist. (laughs) Easy. Done. Sasha, we need you to climb the, to like rise the ranks in the music journalism world so that you can like start writing for Rolling Stone (laughs) and just randomly plug us. And people will be like, who are, who are these random artists that Sasha keeps like talking about? Like if you write for, Rolling Stone or like a um, uh, journal That's like a that. Point. If you get I sure hope so because <laughs> we're kind of banking on you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since we're on the EP train, we'd like to dive into the process of like what it was like making an EP and how that's been different from like releasing singles and if it's been harder than you expected or what just the process has been like because I know it's really different from putting out a single and it's like, this is the theme, this is the artwork, and this is it, versus, like, oh, this is a body of work, and everything kind of needs to, like, tie into each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was yeah. that like for you? Well, you guys were kind of p- a part of a lot of the process, um, yeah. especially, <laughs> like, well. like, early on writing. Um, I think when when the world kind of paused, we just, like, had a lot of time to write, and that was really great. So, I mean, I knew that I wanted to put together a project, but I, w- I didn't have necessarily like a, a strict concept that I was mm-hmm. writing for. So it was just kind of writing to write, which I think was really nice. Um, and then naturally, there was like a trend, I guess, in the songs that, that we were writing that felt like they would all kind of mesh well. Yeah. And um, I think what was kind of cool for me was to take like the five songs that I decided to put on this project and kind of like create a storyline that like linked yeah. all of them, which because that's not how it was written, but um, you know, what's the rule saying that you can't like make up meaning, yeah, make up meaning cool. after you write a song? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, that was really fun as well to kind of like, and also helpful in in trying to like conceptualize how like the release strategy would be um to create this kind of story and it's you know it's not a folklore world but <laughs> it's like <laughs> it still is a world, world. Kind of, it's a world kind of, kind of create a little you know the 2am world mm-hmm. um so yeah then production was well, recording was all in my bedroom hey taylor swift right here <laughs> yeah a li- probably a little bit different so for planning for the two music videos I think I'm having so me too. Me too. Um, I think having that world was really helpful in and just like figuring out what I wanted the music videos to look like and like how I wanted them to be like sort of connected but not really just because it's it's two music videos mm-hmm. but I think it's cool that it's kind of like portraying the two halves of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like. It just feels kind of normal because it's been this way for so many months, but it was, you know, it's all like remote stuff like Zoom writing sessions and going back and forth about like production and and being sent mixes and like giving feedback over like Mm -hmm. a Google Mm -hmm. Doc, which is weird. But 
um, it feels normal. I, honestly, I think because I haven't, I obviously haven't worked on a project like a, an, a whole and project then, in person. Yeah. <laughs> so I think when that happens, that'll probably be an entirely new experience. Jungle City Studios. Here on she our comes. way. On our way. What is what is Jungle City Studios? You don't know Jungle City Studios? No. Dude, I dream about them Same. every day. What is it? <laughs> it's just like York. the studio in Manhattan that like Ariana Grande records at. And like Alicia oh. Keys and all these My huge artists. My equivalent to that is Electric Lady. Oh, okay. Honestly, I'll take any of them. But Same. I do think... Oh, yeah. I'll take, an honestly, any studio. Any. If you guys are listening <laughs> to this, just... We're not picky. Like, a studio would be great. I don't know. I've only recorded in a studio once because the world of bedroom producing is real and mm-hmm. flourishing and vivid. And yeah. I mean, wonderful. honestly, like, so many people have been doing that and are doing that. And the quality is is amazing so yeah yeah obviously like you don't you don't always need a studio but i think it's it's probably really fun yeah <laughs> yeah like, be there that's what tiger was saying about um phineas and he was in an interview talking about like oh you know it's crazy because billy and i like we recorded this entire album like in our childhood bedroom and she's just holding the mic like so intimately close <laughs> to her and it feels so close to home because we did it at home and i'm wow. like that Again, I'm like very everyone relatable. fucking does that. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Like, everyone. Like you know how usually artists or like super famous people say things that are super out there and unrelatable. Yeah. But this time I was like, this is the most relatable <laughs> thing you will probably it's so ever relatable, say. but also like you are like Phineas with his however many Grammys. Yeah. Like, you are not relatable. <laughs> we'll get there one day. For for me, like going into quarantine, because most of like my co-writing is done with you guys and we met at the NYU program and all live in different states. I'm already so used to doing Zoom writing sessions. Yeah. True. That when everyone true, was true, like, true, true. Oh, like everything being put virtual is so weird. I'm like, I just kinda this is normal to me. Yeah, that is so true. It does yeah. feel really normal. Like when we were writing together in Sag Harbor, I was like, This is weird because we barely see each other. I kind of like the like the freedom you have when you're writing on Zoom to be like, okay, let's take like a mute break yeah. and play around yeah. with ideas. Like I find that extremely helpful. It's freeing. And and like I you obviously can't do that when you're in the room with two or more other people because there's like constantly noise and mm-hmm. and you can't just like go off. I mean, I guess you can, but that's not really like, like how it, it goes. You filter through your ideas in your brain versus being able to like say them out loud. Like remember yeah. when we were writing Running with the Water and I was like in my brain, I forgot what the word it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, <laughs> what was it? it was what like was the word? In, the settling oh, in. Oh, settling in thing. And I was like And I'm like the night is settling in. Settling in now. And in my brain, I was like, yeah, that works. And then you were like, no, say it out loud. And I did. And I was like, no, no, it doesn't at all. Wait, I was ta- I, I was writing with um, with this artist by the name of Deza. If you Deza. haven't checked her out, you should. She's really cool. Mm-hmm. But we, I, I was mentioning the meme account, like the songwriting oh, meme yeah, account yeah, that yeah. I think Sasha, you showed me. <laughs> and that one meme that's like everyone holding hands, like making a circle. Yeah. And it's like. Like the vibe guy, the concept <laughs> hoe, the person who keeps riffing and saying that that's the melody, like the producer, like the, like, you know, all the different people in the session and, and then in the middle, bringing the pre back as the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. But I was like thinking about it, I was like, of in this circle, like, who am I? And I was like, oh, 
I think I'm the concept hoe. You love a concept. <laughs> I think I think I'm the person that's like a stickler for the concept and is like, mm, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the worst. No, it's actually not, though, because I used to think that like I always will think in my head when people do things in sessions, I'm like, oh, like I would never be like that person. Like, I don't want to like make that mm-hmm. a big deal or whatever. Like, um, but then I find myself noticing something and I'm like, it's like when people talk about like the stress on a word and I used to be like, mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. annoying. Like who gives a shit? Like just, s- yeah, that's what you were thinking and about me. <laughs> not what I was, but then I like, there was a session where I like noticed, I was like, that is incorrectly stressed. And then I was like, I have to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. That bugs me. I will say I do love a concept, though, because before I started writing and, like, working with you guys, I just kind of would, like, write things and not think mm-hmm. about it. I'd just be like, this is what's flowing. Like, this is the song. But I realized, like, whenever I have an idea that I'd, like, come with you with, like, oh, this is a first verse idea or this is whatever the hell I would bring to a session. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, all right, so what's the story <laughs> behind this? Like, what are, where are we going from here? And I'd be like, oh. Yeah. I mean, listen, sometimes it flows and it just comes to you and then sometimes it doesn't and you need to you need to like establish what What the the end goal is so that you can figure out how to get there oh my god the (laughs) shoes song Sasha we really went through it with that one but it turned out it is really cool I think that it's such it's such a like it's such a unique concept okay the shoe song so This it's I don't know if it's gonna be called or just the shoe song. I'm in support of that. I like new shoes. The shoe song. New shoes. New shoes. The struggle bus. New shoes probably is the best option. A chronicle. The struggle bus. So, (laughs) so basically, a literal chronicle. It was a journey (laughs) to get there. So I had this random idea, and I think it was like a few lines that I thought would be part of a chorus. Mm -hmm. And I had so I had a couple of lines and then I had like the idea, the over the concept arching idea was the metaphor was to use like an old beat up pair of shoes as a metaphor for a relationship that you ended. So you like, Mm -hmm. you know, gave the shoes away or you lost the shoes. Um that you what a metaphor it was. So that was the metaphor. Seems simple enough, but I brought when I I visited Sasha and we had a socially yep. distant right, and it became really apparent that this that this song and this metaphor was like extremely yeah. <laughs> it hard. It really to was. It was for really whatever hard. reason, like everything everything either just didn't make sense. It sounded weird. It was like why yeah. do we keep talking about <laughs> shoes? Like nothing is making sense. And it took so long, and I don't think we had anything from that session that we kept. We just I spent think the we whole time scrapped. like just like try like trying stuff which i feel like though is trying is like it's kind of it is productive Productive. we like explored we have to like search every corner for like what Mm -hmm. could be possible with this song yeah and then i think so we yeah ended that session you like sent something i think that i like oh my god i had an epiphany (laughs) late at night i had an epiphany and I and I like wrote a first verse, I guess I think, and I was like, I I remember texting you being like, I oh yeah 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 you're like freaking out. I, can, I was like over this shoe song. I was like, I see how this is gonna come together now, and then we finished it, and it actually is yeah. a really really cool concept that I think the fact that it was challenging to write like makes mm-hmm. it even more satisfying. Mm-hmm. 
because it sounds simple enough, but then when you really break it down, like it's kind of a profound idea. <laughs> not to toot, not to toot our own horn, but like it's a really cool. The I things own. we did that <laughs> that we I did will that. say though, write a song about shoes. You have a lot of perseverance because I feel like you you like stick to stuff. Well, like when we can't figure it out, and like the songs, Sometimes. like oh, we have a session, we're like I can't, I don't know what to do, like I'm stuck. You like bring it back. You're like, let's finish it. Whereas I'm like, <laughs> no, let's move on. <laughs> Next song. If it wasn't right. <laughs> I think I like only do that with songs that I'm working on with other people because I have so many songs that I've started by myself. That I, I mean, have not same. And will and will never finish. Yeah. So that's why yeah, I think I like co-writing because it holds me accountable. I don't know. Also, I was gonna say, um, kind of bringing this back to something from before, but when Anik, you were talking about like, oh we're used to zoom sessions because when we do stuff in person we're like processing on our brains and i thought Mm -hmm. about that when you said it but then i realized i think that (laughs) maybe with other people yeah but when i'm with you guys i just like say (laughs) (laughs) no you you definitely i think i don't but i feel like it's also because (laughs) i think it's also because no not that you don't filter but if if we're writing we're usually writing like around you and your mm-hmm. guitar so like i think because you have the instrument in your hand oh that's you can, like, true more freely play yeah. around with ideas like when i mute on a zoom session i like yeah go and sit yeah. At my little keyboard that's super true i oh, i've been in a few sessions i actually i'm not like a great guitarist or anything but i like having access to an instrument because i've been mm-hmm. in a few sessions where yeah. like someone else had the guitar and like there wasn't like anything else and well, it was actually a specific one that I'm thinking about that was super annoying, but I'm not going to name names. But um, this guy would not stop playing the guitar, just chords and rhythms that were not the song, that were not yeah. even the song mm-hmm. we were writing. Right. And he was just, like, singing it over, like, just out, like, over and over, like, so loud. And I was like, can you shut up? Like, I literally kept asking him, like, seriously, <laughs> dude, like, can you play the chords? Like, I need you to play the chords. Like, even you can sing <laughs> to yourself, but, like, stop. <laughs> You're like hand the that guitar That is tough over. because I feel like when we're together, yeah, they'll I'll be I know like, sometimes I don't like play it. <laughs> I get distracted. No, but you do yeah. when well, you're asked, I think. But like, yeah, yeah. But I think that is really helpful and like I I wonder how that can be kind of incorporated into in-person sessions mm-hmm. because I feel like I get a lot of like good ideas mm-hmm. from those. Also, when even when it's like if we're all on mm-hmm. mute but we're on the Google Doc and people mm-hmm. are like writing out their like random ideas that they're yeah. having and like they're working through their own like thought process and then yeah, like, yeah, watching yeah. other yeah. people type and then like I'm I love when that happens from that and incorporating yeah. it. I don't know. It's like it's there's no like equivalent in person, but um, maybe I, I think that's no, I really um, like when that. we have a songwriting sorority. We can have like a keyboard and several guitars and like things in different rooms. So when we write, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you can just go to the piano in another room, or like you can be here, you can be there. I feel like maybe that's an advantage yeah. of a studio rather than just being in one room with a guitar and yeah. everyone has to be <laughs> on the same yeah. timeline for that to happen. I really also enjoy a Google Doc. I think when we were writing 2 a.m., it was helpful because we were both like, it was like a good mesh of things that I'd like write things that didn't make sense or like wouldn't fit necessarily. And then like Rachel was mm-hmm. like taking things from both of them. We were kind of like meshing together. And I think in other mm-hmm. sessions too, like having a Google doc that even when we're on, when we're on mute, like Rachel was saying, 
it's like easier because it's like you're just typing freely and not thinking about like how it fits into the structure of things just kind of like yeah you're almost like reading someone's mind because like when when at least when i'm typing down ideas like i wouldn't necessarily say them out loud because they're not like thought out yet yeah it is so it's kind of like a cool glimpse Mm -hmm. into someone's mind and i love that because i don't do that in in in-person sessions and in-person sessions Sometimes you're I'm very I was about to say that like most of the time you guys are like so what are you thinking like you'll see my (laughs) eyes like moving or like me typing things and you guys are like all right so what's going on up there like are you are you gonna share with the class (laughs) yeah and then I'm like um well I had this like one idea the year is wrapping up thank god um and we want to know Rachel your pits and your peaches your highs and your lows from 2020 and what you are looking forward to in 2021. So I guess let me just think through a little recap of 2020. It was uh-huh. definitely a whirlwind. I would say a pit was probably yeah. depression. <laughs> there it is. And But, <laughs> but a peach to go along with that mm. is medication. Rachel always tells me to do that. Take care I of never do it. Health, guys. Wise words um, from Rachel Bachner. Yeah, I think the beginning of 2020 was kind of <laughs> rocky for whatever reason. I can um, think of a couple. But we did, well, for many reasons, but emotionally, for some reason, my brain was like, now's, <laughs> the, time. now's the time to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did turn that around, which is great. The big obvious pit would be COVID. Right. But I, I feel like that's kind address, of like, a, address the crowd. goes without mm-hmm. being said. I mean... Like really, no, no major pits. Other than that, I think it's it's been hard not being able to see mm-hmm. people and hang out with friends. And I, I do have like this looming feeling like I am wasting my my twenties mm-hmm. a little bit because of this. But it. everyone is in the same boat, so it's fine. And like we just said, I'm just gonna relive my twenty third yeah, year of life plus. and Coco and lie to Coco myself. Has great ideas. 23 plus, just literally going to lie to <laughs> everyone about my age. No one even Who's cares. Who's question me? I mean, Nobody. that would be disrespectful. If anyone tries to question you. I mean, you, if they think I'm insane, they're not wrong. <laughs> so it's like, either, like what? Where, where am I losing here? See I'm you not. on our 22nd and 23rd part two birthdays. Yeah. I will say, if you great. guys can just like manipulate your age like that, can I just like jump to being 21? Like, can I just no. it's not fast the same. forward? Unfortunately... The government <laughs> does not agree with that. It's not the same thing, but nice try. <laughs> um, okay, and peaches. Let's let's think positive. I mean, because because of of COVID and everything, I had a lot of extra time that I wouldn't have had before to write a lot of really great songs that I'm really proud yeah. of and make this EP mm-hmm. and also like still writing things that will be on like a second project after the EP mm-hmm. runs its course, which is all, like, that's really exciting. It's always, it's always good, I think, to think about what's coming mm-hmm. next. Um, and a lot of time at home, like spending time with my family, which is nice. It was just like a lot of quality time with my family that I would not mm-hmm. have had otherwise. Yeah. Um, and my dad. Buddy! Buddy is just... Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> I love Buddy. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess it was it was just like a lot of free time to plan stuff. Like these two music videos are being filmed in January. Like the whole EP was literally conceived in like 
birds yeah. in this time <laughs> mm-hmm. period, this time frame, and that's coming out in January too, and that's really really I'm exciting. Sure is. Yeah, Please January baby. Um, and I've also made some new friends, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, like by reaching out to people, you yeah. know, via DM or whatever. Sliding into some DMs. And yeah, I mean, you got, yeah, well, there's no shame in that. Like the worst thing that could happen yeah. is that they don't answer. Um, or they block you, which is also fine. Nothing new. Um, <laughs> but I think if you're not being weird, then they probably will mm-hmm. answer you. Um, so I've been able to, like, if not write, just kind of, like, mm-hmm. get to know some new people, which I think is um, really important mm-hmm. in music. Whether it's for, like, your own project or just to, like, know, like, you know, make friends, I think being able to support other people's music is really, is really great. And you know, usually that, uh, the favor yeah. is returned. 2021, um, I'm really looking forward to filming and putting out the music videos. The concepts are really, really, really cool. Quality. So excited. It's going to be so sick. And it's been honestly a lot of stress trying to <laughs> like figure out all the logistics, especially for the 2am music video. Um, but we can save that for another podcast um, <laughs> in 2021 and um i'm excited for a vaccine hopefully we can start Hell doing yeah. more shows again in 2021 oh my gosh really, i can't really wait to come to one of your shows oh my gosh, i really want to do that be so much fun um i'm gonna cheer else? so loud oh my god whatever whatever this follow-up ep is gonna be i already have like a couple of songs that i definitely want to put mm-hmm. out after this EP, so I've been chatting with um, chatting with Tiger mm-hmm. and also um, the artist that I brought up before about the meme, Deza. <laughs> um, she also produces a bit, so oh, cool. a song that we wrote together that I really like. Um, I think that she's going to either produce or co-produce with Tiger. Oh my um, gosh, what a squad. What? Which song? The Misconnection song. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and that one I think is going to be really cool. The vibe we were going for was like a Lennon Stella uh-huh. meets Walk the Moon. Ooh. Ooh. Sexy. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm just like excited to make more music and, and like put more things out and hopefully do more things in real life and perform and meet more people and hang out with people again. And like, yes. That's yay. That's really it. Yeah. I will just say in this podcast a little a little ending <laughs> note that I'm yeah. very very proud of you and like watching you grow through this year has been incredible and you inspired me so Aww. much. I've learned so much from you and I feel like I personally have grown so much from you and like your support and you being yeah. like no like I think put this out or like reach out to this person or just like how helpful you are and you have always been a figure out or how we said Guys. in the first couple episodes <laughs> and so I'm very, very proud of you and just, like, inspired by you and love you so much. And I cannot wait to see what 2021 brings. And I feel very, very blessed to have an inside scoop about what goes on before you put it out to the world. I mean, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm extremely thankful for the two of you. I mean, the project that I'm about to put out would literally not exist without your co-writing 
and everything along the way. So I feel very lucky to have you guys in my life. The love fest never ends. Never ends. Go follow Rachel on Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Everything. All that stuff. Stream stream, stream the two stream it on January 15th. Thank you so much for listening this week. Thank you guys. We will so catch much. you next week for a more probably, you know, constructive informational <laughs> interview. And then the week after that it's a Christmas special. Holla, guys. Holla. So get ready for that. We'll see you next week. Mwah. Bye. Mwah. Even in the dark I see your face and end up on my own.